Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, children. Welcome to. I should have prepared better than this. Hang on. Welcome to season two, episode nine of the On My Dime On Your Time podcast. I did a poll on Instagram. Uh, I think it was ten days ago or so about doing a book review uh, as a podcast episode, and the overwhelming majority of you said yes to do an episode. But I also did another poll where it said, would you guys prefer a shorter episode with like one book per episode or would you prefer a longer episode with like all of the books? I'm actually not going to do the shorter episode. I'm going to make one long episode discussing three books and I'll put timestamps in the show notes of the podcast so you guys can flip around and go to the point in the podcast where it discusses the book that you want to hear about. I'm also going to discuss a little bit about meditation as well. And yeah, so I think we'll start with that. So meditation is something that I've been experimenting with since I think around the summer of 2020. And then I kind of fell off the wagon with it around December or November, December of 2020. And then I started back January 1st and it's been pretty great so far. Um... I had this one experience that stands out with meditation. It's basically the way I can, I was doing some thinking about how I can describe it. And the best thing, the best analogy I could come up with was it's like you're in, it's like you're in like a space tunnel kind of thing. And like you're going through the space tunnel, like a wormhole or whatever it's called. And then normally you see like the stars as like points of light that are going past. Right. And then there's a scene, was it from, I don't know if it was from Star Wars or if it was from, um, What's that movie with, or whether it was from Interstellar, where, like, you go through the thing and then the, the, the points of light that are the stars become, like, streaks and they go past, they go, like, past you? It's kind of like that, except, like, the streaks of light or the dots are, like, your thoughts, and then going through the tunnel and that motion through the tunnel is, like, the focus that you have, like, on your breathing. I've only had maybe two or three of those experiences so far, but it's something that I'm striving towards doing like on a more consistent basis because it's pretty it's pretty interesting if you're if you want to if you want to experiment with meditation I would highly recommend downloading an app called Headspace and I didn't I didn't pay for it it is a paid app but they have I believe 12 sessions that are available for free 10 of which are for like a five minute meditation session and two of which that are 10 minutes so I I ran through those that kind of gave me like the groundwork essentially on meditation and it taught me basically what to focus on how to breathe how to put yourself into the mindset that is most advantageous for meditation from there I I use those videos in like the summer and then I yeah I use those videos in the summer and then after that when I kind of fell off the wagon in January I, I got on YouTube and I just typed in 10-minute meditation for productivity, 10-minute meditation for mindfulness, 10-minute meditation for stress relief, stuff like that. And I don't remember the name of the channel, but it's just like a voice. It's like a, it's like a male or a female voice. I kind of like switch it up in between. And they're just it's there's no music because music kind of doesn't really work for me in meditation. It might work for you. It's worth experimenting definitely. So yeah, it's just a tr- it's just the guy talking. And then he's saying, okay, breathe, like do your breathing. And then 
they kind of interjects a little bit too often in my opinion where it says okay it's totally cool if you lose your concentration or um yeah so like stuff like that he kind of interjects a little bit too much but it's again it's a good framework to build upon if meditation is something that you want to experiment in another thing that's good for meditation is do it in the morning not really like if you have the wherewithal to do it as soon as you wake up, then more power to you. But when I wake up, I'm like still kind of groggy for the per for the first like 45 minutes to an hour after waking up. So what I do is I'll wake up, I'll do my morning routine, I'll eat breakfast and then brush my teeth, get ready, all that stuff. And then I'll come downstairs to where I do my work in the basement, which is where I'm recording this podcast right now. And I'll sit on the floor and I'll meditate for 10 minutes. But Something I found that I'm sure that I'm sure this isn't like groundbreaking information, but I found that if I use my phone or like even like watch videos while I'm making breakfast and stuff, it really makes it a lot harder to meditate. Just now before I was recording this episode, usually I can meditate for like 12 minutes or so pretty, excuse me, pretty standard. But I was watching some videos in the morning because, um, I think I just woke up late. Yeah, I woke up late and then I was just like, okay, I'm late anyways. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like watch a few videos in bed, which is a bad idea. And I'll touch on that later. And then it made me, it could only meditate for maybe eight, eight minutes earlier today, which isn't good. So yeah. And if you do have to listen to something in the morning, podcasts I found don't really affect my concentration as much as videos do. So I'm going to like start listening to more podcasts in the morning because I don't know. I make a podcast and I don't even have time to listen to other podcasts all that much. I listen to a few, but yeah, I'm going to start getting into that more. Um, yeah, I think it's time to discuss one of the books. So the three books I'm going to discuss, if I, if I put the title as what I think it's going to be put, I think I just put book review or like three books to do something, like three books or whatever. The books I'm going to discuss are High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard. 59 Seconds, Change Your Life in Under a Minute by Richard Wiseman, and Atomic Habits by James Clear. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Which book should I start with? Um, I'm going to start with High Performance Habits. So for a little bit of background on the book, Brendan Burchard got into the self-improvement industry because at the age of about 20, I believe, he got into a I should have rehe- I should have done a bit more research, but he either got into a motorcycle accident or a car accident, and he came to the realization, like he almost died during the accident, and he came to the realization that he hadn't really lived his life up until that point to the level that he wanted to live it by, if that makes any sense. And he came up with like three words, which I'll get into a little bit later, that that sort of like encompass the sort of life that he wants to live and yeah it's overall pretty great book uh it's about 360 pages let me just take a quick look i'm just flipping through this here yeah it's about 360 pages and i know i said i'm supposed to be reading a book a week but this took me about two weeks to read because admittedly i did skip a few days and it is quite like it is quite it's a pretty it's an easy read but it does it takes a lot of thinking and I did have to read it a couple of times because I don't know I just had to read it a couple of times and yeah that's 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 a bit of background and let now let's get into the 
real meat and potatoes of the book. This, it, this goes back to another book that I've read called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And the, the blurb that that author put in the book was basically, imagine you're at a funeral and like there's family, your, your family and your friends are there and all that stuff. And then when it's your turn to look into the casket, like as a final goodbye, you see that it's you in the casket. And then your family, your friends and like a close like partner, they all had to give like a speech at your funeral about like the characteristics that you had and like the kind of person that you were. And that part was really interesting for me because up until that point, I don't think I've been, I was living my life in accordance to what I would want like my loved ones to say about me. And one of the things that Brandon talks about as well is pick three words. And he did this as well. I don't remember what exactly his three words were, but pick three words that sort of encompass what you want to, what you want, like attributes that you want your future self to become. And the words I picked were live, educate, and mindful. So live is basically, I want to have good experiences in life. I want to have like powerful experiences in life. I want to like, again, I want to experience everything. And yeah, I I don't like being so vague with this, but I don't really have another, a better way of describing it. I put educate because I want to educate myself. Like I want to learn something new every day as corny as that does sound. And this does apply to school as well, because I'm not really the best student, like naturally. And I think that's because I don't like the courses that I take. I used the way I used to compartmentalize my studying is that I would do one course for a day and then the next course for the next day, the next course, the next day and so on and so forth. And that wouldn't really lead to the best results. And I think what I have to do is break it all up and do a little bit of each course every single day and do every do a little bit of everything that I need to do every single day. I'm going to take a sip of water real quick. The last word is mindful. This is a new one for me because I had a bit of an I had a bit of a um something happened between me and a couple of close friends and I believe that the issue that it stemmed from is that I'm not I I sound like a sociopath for saying this but I wasn't mindful of the way that other people think of issues and that's something I need to work on and that's something that meditation has helped me with tremendously. Another important aspect from this chapter is that underperformers focus on how to improve themselves and how to leverage themselves in a certain way that allows them to reach their goals. Whereas high performers work on improving like the lives of other people as well. So the next chapter is called Generate Energy. And I'm not going to get into this chapter too much because I believe this chapter was the I guess the least nuanced of all of the chapters in the book in that it's pretty kind of pretty obvious to me at least the main like to give a quick spiel about the chapter it's basically about and like it's so basically CEOs have CEOs and high performers have more energy than the average person and that's due to the way that they like the way that they eat and like how active that they are and like basically how they have their health optimized to a certain extent. I'm not saying like be like an ultra marathon runner, be a bodybuilder, be like do go like straight into CrossFit or anything like that. I'm just saying like do something active every day if you can or not really or but like do something active and eat well. Eating well is something like I kind of like not really I've always eaten relatively healthy but I didn't really eat as many fruits and vegetables as I probably should 
and that I noticed that that was affecting like how awake I felt, how alert I was, and like it was affecting my skin as well. So admittedly, when I saw it was affecting my skin, that's probably like the main tipping point that allowed that caused me to pay more attention to it, which kind of isn't probably the best. But yeah, so basically eat well and tr- and work out a little bit if you feel the need. One of the practices that Brendan discusses that I'm going to go into a little bit here is called release tension, set intention. Brendan goes into, he talks to a CEO in this chapter and he was having a lot of like struggles with his family and that sort of stemmed from the amount of stress he was under at work and he would bring the stress that he was under at work to like his home and it was affecting his relationship with his family. So Brendan gave him a practice to do and it's called release tension, set intention. So I'm going to read from the chap. I'm going to read from the chapter here. If I can find it, bear with me. It says, from now on, as you move from one major activity to another, try this. Step number one, close your eyes for the next minute or two. Repeat the word release in your mind over and over. As you do, command your body to release all the tension in your shoulders, in your neck, in your face and jaw. Release the tension in your back and legs. Release the tension in your mind and spirit. If this is hard, just focus on each part of the body. Breathe deeply and repeat the word release in your mind. This doesn't have to take long, just a minute or two of repeating the word release. When you feel you have released some tension, it doesn't have to be all the tension in your life. Move on to the next part, set intention. This means think about what you want to feel and achieve in the next activity you're going to take on when you open your eyes. Ask, what energy do I want to bring into this next activity? How do I want this next activity? How do ah, How can I do this next activity with excellence? How can I enjoy the process? These don't have to be the exact questions that you ask, but these kind of questions will prompt your mind to be more present in the next activity. And I highly recommend you pause this podcast here and give it a try. Did you try it? I don't think you tried it. Try it. You tried it? Okay, great. So, and the example that the CEO gave, he said he did the practice and he asked himself the following questions. He said, how do I go into my house free from work and business? How would I greet my wife as if I were the best husband in the world? How would I, how would I be with my daughter tonight if I realized how precious this time in her life is? How would I show up if I were as energized as my best self? He doesn't remember all of the thoughts, but these are some of the questions that he asked himself. And his wife and his daughter were a lot more, not to say happier with him, but he noticed that it changed. There there was a paradigm shift there, and I believe that is invaluable. The next chapter is titled Raise Necessity. And the three main points from the chapter are who needs your A-game, Affirm the why and level up your squad. I need to do... I'm going to do another episode about Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life because in that book, I believe it was, he said, it's easier to let yourself down than it is to let others down. And that's pretty interesting because we would probably believe the opposite. That, like, it's hard to let yourself down, but it's it's easier to let others down. But he is, in fact, right because if you're being honest with yourself, at least with at least for me... I kind of let myself down almost every day 
and it's something that I'm trying to avoid doing in the future. So know who needs your A-game. It's that find a person or find a group of people if you're in business that needs you to perform at your best to achieve your certain goal. So I don't know if I want to, I might cut this out of the episode, but there is a person for me that comes to mind that gives me the motivation to do well in school and to continue doing what I'm doing. And it, and that individual is one of the people that I can count on to give it to me straight. If I, if that, if that makes sense, where if, if they say I'm doing well, then I kind I know I'm doing well. Um, affirm the why this is, this is especially important for me because you have to, you can't lose sight of the reason of the larger picture of why you're doing something, be it school or honestly anything like even for this podcast, I didn't really have a goal for the podcast initially, but now I'm, yeah, I'm going to, you know what? I wasn't going to share this goal, but I am going to share this goal. My goal for this podcast is to receive a message from someone that I've never met in a country that I've like never been to, or I have been to main thing is it's a person that I've never met. And I want them to say, thank you for releasing this episode. I've learned a lot from, I've learned X and Y from the episode and I'm going to employ these in my daily life. Like that's, if I can touch one person like that, then I've I've kind of done my job as a podcast host. I'm still gonna I'm still gonna make episodes, but that's how I know I've actually done something worthwhile. Um, the next one is level up your squad. Again, I say I've been saying this for quite a while. It's you're the average of the like the five or so people that you spend the most time with. I didn't know it was Brendan Burchard that actually sort of either either coined that phrase. I don't I don't know if that's the right word, but he was the person who like sort of brought that to the limelight, I guess, made it popular in the self-improvement space. So basically, again, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. If your friends smoke, you're more likely to smoke. If your friends binge drink, you're more likely to binge drink yourself. And if your, if your friends are millionaires, you're very likely to be a millionaire as well or be on the path to becoming a millionaire as well. So... So under the level up your squad, he says, if you if you don't have a good squad, that's totally fine. Again, I've said this before, but podcasts and books are the best are one of the best ways, at least for now during the pandemic, are the best ways to level up your squad. But also add one like some of the tips that he gives are add one more awesome friend. So it could be like a friend of a friend or someone you haven't really taken the time to talk to. Talk to them at your next get together once this all blows over volunteer so if you go to volunteer opportunities you'll find like-minded people who want to give back to the community and those can be some high performers as well that you would want to add to your squad play sports this one is something that i should probably try but it's some like i don't play sports i am i'm like just a gym i'm like a gym rat and i train for arm wrestling but even arm wrestling kind of counts as well and competition can bring out the best in people so it's it's good to play sports and talk to those people who play sports as a means of leveling up your squad. Seek mentorship. This is something that sort of happened to me as a result of this podcast. Like not to say that like the people that I've spoken to are mentors, but this was of course sort of the whole ethos of the podcast where it's that the people that I speak to, I, I admire them for a certain reason. And through speaking with them, I want to take little bits of their personality or take little bits of their workflow and become a better person as a result. 
I may just be reiterating for the sake of reiterating, but um, but if you affirm the why, you turn cans into needs and if you need to do something you're gonna get it done like gun to your head if you have to get an assignment finished in half half the time that it took you to do it and still create the quality output you could get it done so you need to affirm the why going a little bit more to leveling up your squad you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with and if those if the people that you spend the most time with don't have traits that you want to absorb then you either need to spend less time with that squad or find a new squad find a new group and it's it's hard. It's definitely difficult. I'm fortunate enough to have a have a group of friends that I would be very happy to take different traits from and become better as a result of that. So high performance habit number 4 is increased productivity. And this one's an interesting one because I was um this one's an interesting one because it was in an Instagram story that I saw where it, like I don't remember who who was talking about it, but he was basically saying, do you ever reach like a sticking point in terms of productivity where you've smashed through like your current, the things you have to do in the day and then you kind of hit a wall of procrastination. You're just like, I can't be asked to like do anything else. At that point, kind of just like cut your losses and go for a walk and sort of reset your brain. That kind of goes into, I'm going to talk about this. You know what? Taking a break. We live fucking hustle culture. They always talk about like hustle, hustle, hustle. I saw that like, a friend of mine sent me this post where he basically said, if you sleep for two hours less, you'll be able to work for two hours more. And that's going to be the difference between being like doing well in life or not. And I think that's bullshit. Taking a break is 100% fine. The pandemic has given us an opportunity to take a break, but also an opportunity to perform high. And there is a balance between the two that I'm not really going to discuss here, but I will discuss in the future if you guys are interested. So yeah, take a break. He talks about like, I believe it's either like 45 minutes to an hour of work, then take like a two to five minute break and it will sort of reset your brain, reset your focus and allow you to perform at a high level. Practice number one in the increased productivity chapter is increase the outputs that matter. So basically like if you want to become extraordinary, you need to figure out the productive outputs that matter the most in your field or in your industry. I'm going to take a sip of water because that is a high-performance habit to me. Basically, Mozart and Beethoven became great, not because of their genius, but because they kept pumping out like songs that could be crappy or good as well. Um, so for me, I guess, increasing the outputs that matter is keep making these episodes, and I do want to grow on Instagram. That is a goal of mine as well. And just keep pumping out the content for that, I think, is important. Chart your five moves. And it's kind of sort of determine the five major moves that will help you leap towards your goal. And that's like that's pretty nuanced. So I'm going to let the listeners sort of determine that themselves. Practice number three, get insanely good at key skills. In any field, there are a series of skills that you need to be pretty good at. And these could be like extremely menial. Like for studying, 
It's the ability to focus, the ability to read, the ability to absorb, absorb information. If again, like a lot of my audience is probably like into fashion. So if you do want to get, if you want to, if you want to like develop a personal style, I believe one of the, one of the key skills is being able to style for your body, but not only style for your body because no one really cares, but style for other people's bodies as well. Um, Another key skill is being able to put together cohesive outfits that don't look the same. That's something that I'm struggling with, but I need to get better at that. And you can follow me on Instagram at ISAVVLLV to see the progression. He, also, there are three steps to progressive mastery. And this is something that I am just like trying to employ for chess. Because like everybody else during the pandemic, I watched The Queen's Gambit and I want to learn how to play chess. Uh, step number one is determine a skill you want to master. Set specific stretch goals on your path to, to, to developing that skill. Attach high levels of emotion and meaning to your journey and your results. Identify the factors critical to success and develop your strengths in those areas and fix the weaknesses with equal fervor. Develop visualizations that clearly imagine what success and failure look like. Schedule challenging practices developed, developed by experts or through careful thought. Measure your progress and get outside feedback. Socialize your learning and efforts by practicing or competing with others. Continue setting high level, higher level goals so that you keep improving. Step number 10 is teach others what you're learning. So for chess, I play a few games of chess every day on chess.com. And I watch... This is something that... Um, it's a skill that I want to learn. So I am watching more chess-related content than I am fashion-related content or fitness-related content because... I don't know, at least for fitness, I believe, like, I believe I have the core knowledge that I need to maintain, like, what I want to maintain, at least during the pandemic. I believe when gyms open back up, I'm going to be watching a lot more fitness content, I know. And for fashion content, I believe it's just through, like, experimentation and through Instagram mainly. So I am watching a lot more chess-related videos as a means of learning more about chess. And that's essentially... That's essentially it. On to the next chapter. Develop influence. So one of the reasons that high performers are in the place that they are at the high position of power in a company like CEOs and all that is because they have a high degree of influence. They're good at influencing other people to not necessarily do what they want, but getting people to see their vision. And one of the key differences between high performers and underperformers is that underperformers are scared of asking questions. And again, tying this into the podcast, if I was scared to ask other people to come onto the podcast, I wouldn't be where I am today, which is doing pretty decent for an episode for a podcast with less than 30 episodes, if I may say so myself. Um, Underperformers are scared to ask questions because they are scared of judgment and high performers have come to the realization that there's really more to life than just being embarrassed because you need help for something. And that's something that I need to focus on a lot more because this part of the book was pretty big for me as well. It basically says, think of like a couple people that have influenced you positively in your life. If it's certain traits that they have or the way that they handle tough situations and stuff like that. And basically pick apart those traits and sort of, again, become the person that if they inspire you in a certain way because they have these certain traits, take those traits and implement them into your character and you will become a better person as a result. 
some of the some of the prompts here are this is a quick passage from a chapter called the difference makers can you name two people who positively influenced you the most in your life take a moment now to think about these two people answer the following what specifically made each person so influential to you what was the greatest lesson each person taught to you about life what values or traits did they inspire you to embody in your own life typically those who positively influence people have to have something in common they exert an effect on us deliberately or not first they shape how we think second they challenge us in some way third they serve as role models so take a second i know i've asked you to pause this podcast a couple times but yeah take a second think about a couple people that have influenced you in your life you may know them you may not know them they could be on youtube they could be like i don't know like a music like an artist or they could be someone that you do know if you're fortunate enough for that um think of these people and try and pick apart the habits that make them not the habits pick apart the traits that make them so influential to you and try and embody those in your everyday life essentially the goal of that exercise is imagine how good it would be how good it would feel to become a role model to someone else like that individual is to you The final habit is demonstrate courage and the three points are honor the struggle, share your truth and ambitions and find someone to fight for. So for honor the struggle, essentially it's like there's a quote from the book and I don't remember who it's from, but it essentially said if you knock on the door of opportunity, don't be don't be surprised when work answers because in this life nothing really comes easy and struggle is a hard sell. So and with the current media and the current state of affairs i don't want to get too political here there's always like one quick tip to get shredded fast one quick tip to wake up early every day one one hack to for productivity or whatever the hell we're surrounded by this sort of media that perpetuates a thing where like hard work doesn't really there's not really a space for hard work anymore because everything's sort of easy and you have to respect the struggle because it's going to be tough doing anything that you deem to be worthwhile it's going to be a fucking struggle like literally listen to your favorite high performer on a podcast listen to your favorite ceo listen to anybody who you deem to be a high performer and you will find that they've had to grind for a long fucking time like there's no hack there's no like quick tip there's no like get rich quick scheme or whatever you have to honor the struggle share your truth and ambitions. This is something that I didn't do, but it's something I'm going to be doing a lot more, and it's basically if you want to do well in life, you should share it with other people because and it goes back to a previous point because it it's harder to let other people down than it is to let yourself down only. And the last one is find someone worth fighting for. So it could be a wife, it could be your wife, it could be your girlfriend, it could be your dog. that's honestly probably a pretty good one it could be like your parents find someone to fight for because that tra- again that transforms the want to do something or the i i yeah the want to do something to i need to do something and that will allow you to perform high and get what you need to get done done and that concludes high performance habits i'm going to eat lunch and i will be right back to discuss the next book it will be like 30 seconds for you guys actually not even 30 seconds it will be right now
So the next book we're going to talk about is 59 Seconds by Richard Weissman. And it kind of goes against what I was saying earlier about the whole social media and the current landscape of the media is talking about quick schemes and all that stuff to improve your life when this book is literally titled change your life in under a minute but i believe if you employ these the tips that are given in this book over a long period of time you will make marginal gains and end up with a better happier more stress not really stress free but you will end up with a happier life with more with better habits than you had going in so the book discusses so the book is separated into a couple of chapters and they're basically titled happiness persuasion motivation creativity attraction relationships stress decision making parenting personality and that's essentially it so it goes into all of these different industries of the human like condition and talks about different tips on how to optimize these certain things and he, Richard talks about some scientific studies that actually back up his claims. So they're not really empty, empty claims that a lot of self-improvement gurus online, shout out to TikTok, do talk about. Also, real quick, Brendan does cite a lot of like research papers and academic literature in this book as well. And those are all like, like good sources. And it's not just a guy rambling about what he thinks is good. It's actually proven stuff as well. So for, the, for this book, I think I'm just going to read what I have highlighted, and it I think it should give a good idea on the chapter. So for happiness, happiness doesn't just flow from success, it actually causes it. There's a study here in which individuals were asked what would make them the most happy, and having more money was actually at the top of their list. But what another study concluded was that once people can afford all their necessities in life, so basically they have like their retirement ready like their kids can go to school and all that stuff they can eat a healthy diet they can afford what they want to afford and these like just the necessities so you don't need to have like a million you don't need to be a millionaire or anything an increase in income does not result in a happier life and there's this one point i want to touch on if i can find it i'm going to try not to cut this episode as much this part as much as i did the last one he talks about materialism here as well, which is I think is pretty interesting because I'm in sort of this fashion sort of sphere. And he says, according to research from a couple psychologists whose names I cannot pronounce, materialism takes root in early childhood and is driven mainly by low self-esteem. So I'm not sure how true that is, but it, I can, maybe I'm overthinking it, but it does kind of maybe apply to me slightly. I don't know. But essentially the main point you can gather from that is Spend your money, if you are lucky enough to have money, spend it on experiences and not on the material goods as much as possible, as those, really will, ah, as those will lead to more happiness than buying material goods. Under persuasion, he basically talks about why rewards fail, improve your social life by making mistakes, and never lose your wallet again. So essentially, rewards fail because... So under there's a chapter here called giving the perfect interview and the main points are be likable and it's and being likable is actually more important than academic achievements and work experience and so essentially 
essentially being modest rather than like honesty. So like if you're talking about like your virtues and the things that are like why you would be good for the job, don't essentially highlight those right off the bat because it can come across as boasting. And also presenting weakness early is, a, is seen as a sign of openness. I'm not really true, sure how true that is, but take that for what you will. Also, if you think you made a major mistake within a job interview or even in life, I'm going to take a sip of water. Don't like overreact and over apologize because chances are you think it's more of a big deal than the other party does. So if you create like an excessive response or apologizing, you could just draw more attention to it. Instead, just acknowledge the mistake and then continue as if nothing has happened. Also, under persuasion, it goes into a bit of research where I'm sure like a lot of people know this, but if you want to make more, pe if you want to make a person like you, make them do you a favor. And there is psychological, psychological literature to support that claim as well. Uh, there's one, the next chapter is called motivation and they discuss the dark side of visualization how to achieve absolutely anything by creating the ideal plan, overcoming and oh, ah, overcoming procrastination. This kind, I'm not going to really get into this one too much because I believe I discussed it pretty well in the High Performance Habits book. But basically, if you don't have a plan on how to achieve your goals, you're not going to achieve your goals. If you don't have your whys in place as to why you must achieve your goals, excuse me, you're not going to achieve your goals. And if you don't have people counting on you and you don't have that sort of, again, if you don't have people counting on you, you don't have like, yeah, essentially if you don't have those things, it, the chance that you achieve your goal is pretty, pretty slim. Also for procrastination, the human brain is interesting as, as it has there's this rule that is called the just a few minutes rule. And it's pretty effective in beating procrastination as the human brain kind of gets stuck on unfinished tasks. And the way you can employ this for procrastination is if there's a task that you need to do, literally sit down and do it for like five minutes and your brain and you're like your anxious brain will sort of fixate on that and you will have essentially no choice but to get most of it, if not all of it done at that point. Also for creativity, this also kind of falls into productivity as well, but According to several studies, having access to greenery, so like having like, like outside your office, maybe you have like a trail that you can walk down towards your car and there's like plants and trees and stuff nearby, that does sort of get trigger something in the brain that allows you to be more productive and creative in the future. And I actually employ this as well. I have, how many plants do I have here? I have like 10 plants here in my room on my desk next to me to sort of, not to purify the air as well, but also... I don't know. It's nice to have some plants around in the house, and I think it's very beneficial for productivity and creativity and workflow in general, so highly recommend that as well. I'm going to skip through the chapter on attraction because that was actually one of my least favorite like chapters because I believe it is a lot more nuanced than the author said in the book, so I'm just going to skip that one, and we will move on to... I think I'm going to skip relationships as well. We'll talk about stress here. So if you experience an event that has the potential to make you like angry or stressed out, try the following exercise to ease the pain and move on. Spend a few moments thinking about the positive aspects of the event. So basically, did it help you become stronger or become aware of personal strengths? Did it make you appreciate more aspects of life than you were before? Did you become a wiser person? 
did you end bad relationships or did you enhance important relationships? Did it like bolster your confidence in any way? So under help yourself by praying for others, research conducted at the University of Michigan suggests that praying for others may be good for your health. So if you inter in after interviewing more than a thousand people about the nature of their prayers, finances, and health, the researcher discovered that praying for others helps reduce the financial stresses and strains of the person doing the praying and improved overall well-being. Or praying for, and like interestingly, praying for material things such as new car or a better house offered no such protection. Study the classics. So like study under like classical music on, okay, I'm just going to like freestyle this. Classical music is so like, it's fucking good, right? The, I, have, I have a playlist on my Spotify. I think it's called like, is it called reading or something like really lame? Let me just open it up. But there's a playlist called Let Go. It's from a YouTuber of mine that I follow, YouTuber of mine. A favorite YouTuber of mine called, yeah, a favorite YouTuber of mine called Mo Samuels. He has a playlist called Let Go. And that's a very good playlist that I like to listen to when I'm reading or if I'm like studying as well. My playlist is called Study Music or Studying. Yeah, mine is called, yeah, it's called Studying. Listen to some classical music while you're reading or while you're doing work and it does help with like focus and all that stuff. Uh, also, being in the sun, I don't know if this just has to do with vitamin D or if it's just good for you, but I'm sure being outside is good for you. Anyway, maybe not now because we're in a pandemic, but even then wear a mask and go for a fucking walk. Also, like if you're able to like laugh about certain situations or about like even if you're able to have a laugh during the day, even if you have a rough day, it will decrease your stress to a significant degree. Overall, there's not really too many key points other than the ones I just said to discuss in this book, but I would highly recommend everyone who's listening to this to pick up this book because there's a lot of tips in here that do help. And it's a short read. It's a quick read. If it's your first book, it's super easy to get into. And moving on from there, we're going to discuss Atomic Habits as well. And this one is an absolute doozy and it might take me half an hour, maybe even longer to discuss. Let's just get into it. Right. So I just finished recording those two episodes and I realized I'm already at a 45 minute episode. So I think I'm going to cut the episode here and talk about Atomic Habits and probably another book next time. I'm going to release, I might release it even next Sunday in, or I'll, I'll end up releasing it anyways, but just not right now. If you guys want to see more episodes like this, make sure to follow me on Instagram at on my dime on your time podcast. Give the episodes a review on iTunes and download the episodes on Spotify. It really helps me out a ton. And if you rated it this far in the episode, thank you for listening and have a great week.